0: If you were to make a guess, what percent of elections would you say are rigged? 5%? 10%? Maybe 15%? Wrong. The truth is, approximately half of elections are rigged. And today, we're going to learn how they do it. My name's Ari Kagan, and you're watching Things You Don't Need to Know, except you're listening, because this is a podcast, and I still haven't gotten that through my head. On this episode, we speak to a man who's written a book on how to rig an election, that's actually what it's called, we observe an ongoing election, and by the end of it, we even try to rig our own election. So stick around if you want to learn how to spot election fraud in your country or your cul-de-sac. I'm looking at you, HOA. Before we begin, I'd just like to say that this interview was actually recorded on October 3rd, 2020, which means that it happened before a little coup. That was an actual bald eagle. Uh, It also means that a lot of the things said in this interview are predictions. I find it very impressive how accurately Nick Cheeseman, who's our guest on this episode, is able to predict future events. So I just wanted to make it extra clear that everything he says in this show was recorded back in October. So with all that being said, please welcome Nick Cheeseman from about seven months ago. Hey, I'm Nick Cheeseman. I'm the professor
1: of democracy at the University of Birmingham, and I'm a self-confessed election junkie. So I spend my time going around the world watching elections, uh, particularly elections that I think might go wrong or be controversial, and uh, trying to work out how we can make them a bit better.
0: When I think about rigged elections, I think of a police state. You know, a place where it's suggested you vote for a certain party. And then, of course, vote buying and lastly stuffing the ballot box. One of my favorite examples of ballot box stuffery is the 1927 Liberian presidential election. It's 1927, Liberia, but you already knew that. President Charles D.B. King is up for his third term. This time, he faces a fierce opposition in Thomas J. Faulkner. At the time, Liberia has 15,000 registered voters, but the race is really close. So in the final hours, there's a miraculous show of support When the ballots are finally counted, James Faulkner has 9,000 votes. President King, on the other hand, has 243,000. So yeah, not a great way to rig an election.
1: If you really want to rig an election brilliantly, you do it for a lot of little tiny, tiny technical issues. You don't beat them up in public. You don't smash their heads together. You don't stuff ballot boxes. You've rigged the election
0: years in advance which is why I wanna take you back a few years to 2018. And forgive me, this is gonna be a bit of a tangent, but I promise it will make sense. In 2018, my very own little sister, Sophie Kagan, opened up a school store. It sold chips, granola bars, sugary drinks, you know, snacks. And it was a huge success. Her fellow classmates loved it, and she profited about $100 a week, which I think is great for a 13-year-old. But the school didn't like it. I'll let her explain.
2: They didn't like that I was providing sugary, unhealthy, expensive snacks to young children. They like to be able to take new students on a tour of the school and say, our community is only providing the best, the finest, and organic.
0: But Sophie doesn't go to any normal school. Sophie goes to a Sudbury school. This is my dad, one-time teacher of gifted students on the Upper East Side, to elaborate. So Sudbury School has two principles. One is the students can do whatever they want. They're completely free. They don't have to have any, there's no academic uh, compulsion. The other is that it is a democracy. This is where the election comes in. It is literally one person, one vote. That means the staff members and the students. So a four-year-old child, a high schooler, and a
2: staff member, they've all got one vote.
0: It's like no other school and a lot more like the real world, unless you live in North Korea.
2: It's a um,
0: radical democracy. So if a majority of people liked Sophie's store, how did they get rid of it?
2: The school got rid of the store by a sneaky little motion that they made in school meeting.
0: School meeting is an event that happens once a week where everyone gets together and discusses things. The weekly school meeting is the democracy in action. That's all the laws are voted on and all the rules that exist in the school are voted on.
2: Yeah, we have referrals to school meetings, so suspensions, judicial committee, overview, all of that.
0: One of the things that passed through school meeting was a motion to remove sugary snacks.
2: There was a list of ingredients that were now banned from the school.
0: Being that a lot of the students are pretty progressive and health conscious, it passed.
2: It happens that that list of ingredients was pretty much my entire selling list. That's a hell of a loophole. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And thus, all of Sophie's bestsellers had to be removed. So would it be fair to say that that somebody rigged the election to get
2: (laughs) dropped? I think some would say that they indirectly Uh, targeted me, yeah.
0: So in the name of higher profits, I mean, the freedom to choose what one eats, we were gonna rig an election to get our precious sugar back. What are some things that have happened throughout history that have helped rig elections? Let's take the example of
1: um, President Lukashenko in Belarus.
0: This election was relatively recent. It happened in 2020, just last summer.
1: You know, in that election, we actually have videos of people coming out of windows, going down ladders, carrying buckets of ballot
0: papers. That's right. They were taking the opponent's votes literally out the back door.
1: You no, know, that's the kind of panic at the end of the process, when actually everything you've done isn't quite enough you haven't quite prepared enough. But the really clever, really effective leaders that we've looked at in our work have actually sewn the election up by them. You know, they might have prevented an opposition candidate from running, maybe some kind of uh, charge about them, and they will somehow be prosecuted and that prosecution will be used to prevent them from standing as a candidate in the election. Or in the case of Madagascar, for example, where the president actually prevented the plane that was carrying the main opposition candidate from landing in the country, And because you actually have to nominate yourself in person and submit your papers in person to stand as president in Madagascar, that candidate wasn't allowed to stand because he wasn't allowed
0: to get into the country to submit his papers. There's a lot of creativity involved, playing with the already existing rules to achieve something that would otherwise be impossible.
1: So here's just a few things you could do. Number one. Just make sure that your hospitals don't give out birth certificates in opposition areas. Because if you make sure that all the kids in opposition areas don't have birth certificates, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to get national ID cards. And if you make it so that people have to have a national ID card to register to vote, all of a sudden you probably reduced opposition turnout in elections by
0: 20 to 30 percent just with that very simple technical measure. Sometimes the manipulation is hiding in plain sight.
1: Another thing that you can do many years in advance, you know, is to fix the media, make sure the censorship, stop the opposition from actually being able to get their message out there, stop people from actually being able to criticize you. You know, these are sort of really effective things you can do a long time in advance.
0: Unfortunately, Sophie and her constituents don't have quite that much time in advance. But there could be one other way to get a serious advantage. And for 16 extra votes, the answer is gerrymandering. Gerrymandering is the manipulation of electoral boundaries as to favor an electoral constituency. To put it simply, a party will redraw the district so that they win. It's often used to help or hinder a particular demographic, such as political, ethnic, racial, linguistic, religious, or class group. A good example of this is Illinois' 4th District whose shape resembles earmuffs and is probably the most obviously gerrymandered district in the United States. The district is one of the poorest in the state of Illinois and is made up of two neighborhoods that are not connected at all. Because of this gerrymandering, the Latinx community has become largely insignificant throughout the rest of the city when it comes to elections.
1: Governments use gerrymandering and they manipulate electoral districts to make sure that they can win elections. So that's a kind of effective strategy just to give yourself an inbuilt sort of majority almost before the election start.
0: Ordinarily, gerrymandering takes years. But due to the coronavirus, we have a unique opportunity to pull it off relatively easily.
2: Over summer vacation when we were deciding on this so-called pod system, uh, you fill out a survey saying who you want to be potted with.
0: The pod system is something the school is doing to combat coronavirus. Ordinarily, they have 80 students and seven staff, but under the pod system, they run at half capacity and alternate weeks, which means a maximum of 40 students and four staff will be there on any given day. For anyone at home during school meeting, it also broadcasts on Zoom, but Sophie says people rarely log
2: on. There's literally like two, like legitimately two. Okay, so that's two.
0: And this is where gerrymandering comes in. Over the holiday break, Sophie coordinated all her friends and anyone she thought would vote for her into the same pod.
2: I would say I have about 15 people that will, without a doubt, vote for me.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good, yeah. And how many people will actually attend of the
2: 40? Maybe 30.
0: Accounting for the four teachers that would be there and the two people on Zoom, Sophie needed four more votes to guarantee her motion passed. Before we find out if Sophie was successful, I wanted to take a couple minutes to look into a recent election right here in the U.S. Day. Now please keep in mind, as I said earlier, this interview was recorded in October 2020, so everything Nick says was either current information at the time or a prediction. Do you think that there's anything going on in established democracies such as America that could be uh, problematic for future elections?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think we see a number of different things happening in America that are really worrying, right? I mean, the role of big money in American elections and the way in which it's not very effectively regulated, you know, is a big cause for concern. I think the gerrymandering that we just talked about, the way in which the postal voting issue has become a political football is really worrying. And we see, you know, what attempts, what seems to be an attempt by the Republican Party under Donald Trump to basically undermine public confidence in the post. They're losing 30 and 40
3: percent. It's a fraud. Which
1: seems to be based on the idea that Trump knows that Democrats are more likely to vote through the postal system, Republicans are more likely to go and vote on the day.
3: I'm not going to say which party does it, but thousands of votes are gathered and they come in and they're dumped in a location and then all of a sudden you lose elections that you think you're going to win.
1: The whole way in which Trump is constructing that is to basically create a situation where he can win the vote on the day, claim that he's
3: won the election. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly,
0: we did win this election. That was Trump on election night. Not all the votes were in yet, and no major news organization had called it. What will probably happen
1: is the postal votes will come in. The postal votes will show that he hasn't actually won. And the fact that the postal votes put Biden over the top will then be cited as Trump as evidence that there was rigging in the postal system and the postal vote.
0: On the morning of November 7th, almost four days after the polls had closed, CNBC, NBC, Fox, and other major news organizations called the election in favor of Biden.
1: And everything that Trump is saying now is setting up that opportunity for him to claim victory illegitimately in that way and to rubbish the postal votes
3: that will perhaps give Biden victory.
0: The following clip is of Trump giving a White House press conference just days after the election.
3: If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us
0: this denial would go on for two months.
3: We think there's going to be a lot of
0: litigation.
3: This will be a very, very strong case. And I know I know you won't accept it because of your hateful biases, but let's see if you can try thinking rationally. So much evidence, so much proof, and it's going to end up perhaps at the highest court in the land. And I think that's a
1: major issue, not just for the credibility of this American election, not just for American democracy going forwards. I think there's a real risk that that will lead to electoral violence, especially if we think about Trump's comments around white right supremacists and the Proud Boy.
0: And once again, Nick is exactly right. On January 6th, Antifa stormed the Capitol, stole various souvenirs for themselves, and of course took photos at Nancy Pelosi's desk. Okay, so obviously that was a joke. I just wanted to make that clear. Antifa didn't storm the Capitol. Um, if you still don't believe me, consider this. If Antifa were the ones who stormed the Capitol, then they maybe, probably, I don't know, would have worn masks.
1: I think in many ways what we're seeing now is actually, you know, the consequences of the weakness of American democracy for quite a long time because everything looked to be
3: going well.
0: On January 7th, one day after the storming of the Capitol, Trump conceded to Biden.
3: A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless
0: transition of power. Millions of Trump supporters still believe that he was robbed of a second term. And much like the Clintons running a child sex ring out of a New Jersey pizzeria, we will probably never know the truth. But one thing is certain. Trump tried to influence the election in a way which discredits the system itself. And by doing so, altered people's faith in the democracy as a whole.
1: And I think one of the things we should really be aware of is that actually these so-called established democracies are not actually as established and consolidated and safe as we maybe thought they were a few years ago. They need to work really hard to strengthen their own democracy, otherwise they could have similar kinds of problems with election violence as other countries around the world. So I don't think it's necessarily inevitable that democracy gets stronger to a point and then declines, but I do think that the United States is a great warning about the fact that that can very easily be the pattern.
0: What are some things we can do to strengthen our democracies and make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen in the future?
1: I think we need to see really effective election observation. I think the United States should encourage election observation from countries around the world. And we need to see a really big, really comprehensive domestic election observation effort to make sure that everybody has confidence that everything has been done in the right way and that we actually see a really strong presence of people on the ground monitoring what is being done around the elections.
0: What if we made everything digital? As a young guy, I like to think that if we just use computers, all these problems could be solved.
1: So I think there's a really big risk here that every time you digitize a process, every time you move to something that's electronic, you think that you're making it safer and stronger because we think that these processes are more modern. We think they're more kind of, uh, uh, they're stronger, they're more impervious to manipulation. Somehow we think that kind of manual processes are old fashioned and they're easier to rig. US systems in many cases have been hacked by university groups doing research who have made voting machines do all sorts of things, you know, vote for their own candidate. candidate, play the sort of fight song of a university, play turn it into a Pac-Man game. And they've done this to almost kind of try and, you know, make the point that, you know, this is almost embarrassing. It's almost embarrassing what you can make
0: these machines do. Personally, I was kind of blown away by this. They turned a government voting machine into a Pac-Man.
1: I think it is really important to think about these things more seriously and people who are interested in what can they do and what can you know what can ordinary citizens do what can civil society groups do what can the media do you know we wrote the book how to rig an election not to try and help people rig elections but to point out how much it was done to make the argument that this is outrageous and to try and rally people behind certain strategies that can make things a bit better and so if people are also like us you know outraged and want to make democracy stronger Um, go and pick up a copy of How to Rig an Election and look at the solutions that we talk about in
0: the book, as well as the problems. Which brings us to Sophie and her election. You're rejoining us on February 4th. Today is the day of the school meeting to potentially remove the sugar ban and therefore turn Sophie's school store into a lucrative business once again. Sophie, how did it go?
2: Yeah, I talked to my friends, and I made sure that they were all on board with me. I, I said, school meeting is at one. Make sure you're there. I went around and I put up a few signs actually saying, Sovy School Store is coming back. And when it does, everybody will get one free product of their choice. Okay.
0: okay. But school meeting had an almost record turnout that day.
2: Got a turnout of like 36 students at the...
0: 36 students and teachers or 36 students?
2: Oh, no, 36 students and staff.
0: And then you had your 15 friends.
2: I had my 15 friends out of that 32, yeah.
0: And they all voted for you.
2: They all voted for me.
0: This means she had 15 out of 19 needed to win.
2: I mean, like, it made me a little bit, I was, like, not sure what was going to happen. The staff really voiced their opinion in school meeting. Um, they're very aware of how the democracy works, and they're outspoken, but when it comes down to it, I mean, I mean the little kids have my back. <laughs> <laughs> What can I say? Was we all close. love energy drinks. Was the vote close? We literally had two people on Zoom. I don't even think they voted. I think they abstained. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that difficult to rig an election. No. <laughs> Maybe I'll be voting for president. <laughs> Running for president. So that was it.
0: With a score of 19 to 15, sugar was no longer a banned substance, and Sophie's School Store could return. And well, it wasn't a traditional election. By using gerrymandering, quasi-vote buying, and everything else short of stuffing the ballot box, we brought home a victory for Sophie's School Store. So if you're an unpopular leader seeking election, give us a ring. And as always, thanks for listening. Things You Don't Need to Know is a Hyperobject and 3 Uncanny 4 production. The show is hosted and written by myself and produced by Harry Nelson and Ari Kagan. Look, there I am again. Additional help from Shane McKean and Luna Sharafidine, our executive producers are Adam McKay and Laura Mayer. The show is mixed by Nice Manners. If you like things you don't need to know, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and hit subscribe. Also, if you don't leave a review, I'll steal all your ballots. Anyway, see you next week.